everyone, and welcome to the Consumer Review Report. I'm Diane Rebecca here on Tube City Online Internet Radio. Yes, a service of Tube City Online, Tube City Community Media, Inc. And we deal with consumer issues here on the Consumer Review Report. Heard Sunday at 4 p.m., Tuesday at 6 p.m., and Thursday at 9 a.m. And just to let you know, if you can't catch the regularly scheduled shows, you can catch the podcasts on wmck.fm slash CRR, iTunes, Google, iHeart, Spotify, and Spreaker. If you have any ideas of any products or services you would like to hear on the show, you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesports. All right, so I hope everybody's having a lovely day today. And what you'll be listening to here is about cookware. Now, I like to try out new cookware all the time. Uh, you, you might know by listening to the show that I am a, as seen on TV nut. And so I do like to try out products that I see that seem interesting to me. But in this case, we are not going to be doing any as seen on TV cookware. These are just basic um, nonstick frying pans and um, uh, a wok, uh, things like that. And we want to compare like um, different nonstick pans compared to a wok. And so, you know, I. I mean, I dare you to try to find a nonstick frying pan for stir frying, let's say, uh, that's durable, easy to use, has a large capacity, and has a long lasting, slick, nonstick surface without a lot of maintenance and all of that for a reasonable price. So, whew, that is a tall order for a frying pan, right? So, does one even exist with all, the, all of those boxes checked? I don't know. But I was kind of doing my research this week about different nonstick skillets like a ceramic or the non-traditional nonstick pans and woks. Because actually, on myself, I was interested in getting a wok. So I wanted to know, you know, like what kind of maintenance was involved in that, Um, et cetera, et cetera. So during my research, I thought, well... This would be a good uh, show to do. So one of the things that I listened to was a video posted by American Test Kitchens on comparing ceramic frying pans versus frying pans versus woks. Uh, Actually, they posted a couple of videos. So we'll be hearing that audio later. Um, They've come up with some pretty interesting preferences when it comes to those. And then pepper in some interesting unknown facts about those pans. And uh, you may may be pointed in the right direction when it comes to choosing the best nonstick frying pan to use in your kitchen. Especially for stir frying because you've got to put a lot of food into that to stir fry. And so uh, a lot of it has to do with capacity too, right? So let's take a look at the ceramic nonstick skillets first. Now, an interesting fact that came up with these uh, with these videos, which we'll hear later, uh, about ceramic nonstick skillets is that they are made by applying a liquid coating to a metal pan that hardens into a slick ceramic surface when the coating is heated. 
But how companies decide what their formula is for this process can make the difference between a good pan and a bad pan for consumers. Unfortunately, because the ceramic coating is brittle, microscopic cracks can occur, degrading the nonstick capability pretty fast. And the more you have to clean the pan of its stuck-on food, the more degradation occurs to that ceramic coating. So because of this, more bad ceramic skillets exist than good ones. So the good news about owning one of these pans is that no matter how high the heat is applied to these pans, they are 100% non-toxic. They don't expel any toxic fumes into the food or air at any amount of heat. So why don't we go ahead and listen to equipment reviews that was posted by America's Test Kitchen. And they did reviews on a couple of, uh, or on seven 12-inch ceramic nonstick skillets. So let's take a listen on, uh, you know, what they had to say about that. In the test kitchen, we like using a nonstick pan for cooking delicate foods like fish and eggs. But we know that traditional nonstick skillets coated with Teflon and similar materials have faced allegations of being harmful to cooks and the environment especially when they're heated above 500 degrees. Ceramic nonstick skillets are marketed as safer, healthier alternatives. Now, unfortunately, we've never found ceramic skillets that were very good. Nearly all the ones we've tested in the past couldn't cleanly release food, even when they were brand new. And as soon as we started cooking in them, even the slightly better ceramic surfaces went right downhill way too fast. But we wanted to give these pans another shot. We had two questions. Is there a new ceramic nonstick skillet out there that's both truly nonstick and stays that way? And if so, how does it compare to our winning regular nonstick skillet? We bought seven ceramic nonstick skillets, all 12 inches, priced from about $20 to about $80, and we gave them a workout. Our first test involved a lot of eggs. We fried eggs one after another in each skillet, dry, with no fat. We didn't stop until eggs began to stick or when we'd fried 50 eggs without sticking, whichever came first. This test tells you how well the slickness of the pan is holding up. And we did this at the beginning and at the end of testing, so we could see if the coatings deteriorated after being used. And in between, we made some recipes we typically cook in a nonstick skillet, including beef and broccoli stir-fry, frittata with peppers and onions, and pan-fried sole. Along with giving the pan some practical use, these tests also helped us rate each pan as a pan. We looked at its capacity, browning ability, comfort, and maneuverability. We also recruited three more testers who were completely unfamiliar with these pans to saute peas and give us their opinions. And finally, to test the structural durability of the skillets, we cut them with a knife, we heated them and plunged them into ice water, and finally we whacked them three times on a hard surface. Now, before we get into results, I want to take a second to talk about the difference between ceramic and regular nonstick. Both are coatings applied to metal pans. In regular nonstick, manufacturers use a substance called polytetrafluoroethylene, or PTFE. This makes a super strong, barely flexible, and very slippery coating. 
PTFE is inert, which means chemically inactive. So eating a flake of it isn't going to hurt you, but it can degrade and release dangerous fumes when it's heated above 500 degrees. And that's always going to be a limitation of traditional nonstick pans. Another concern, until about 2015, PTFE was processed with the help of a compound called perfluorooctanoic acid, or PFOA, which was discovered to be dangerous to the environment and to human health. That's been phased out, and nobody uses it anymore. Our former recommended pan by ScanPan did not use PFOA, but it did use PTFE, so we did not include it this time. Now, ceramic nonstick doesn't use PFOA, and instead of PTFE, the pans are spray-coated with a liquid material that, when heated, hardens to a slick ceramic surface. There's no risk of it releasing toxic fumes, even at high temperatures. But here's the problem. Ceramic surfaces are brittle. So ceramic coatings are more likely to develop tiny microscopic surface cracks during normal use. It's a problem that quickly goes from bad to worse. The rougher that cooking surface becomes, the more likely food is to stick to it. And then scrubbing off the stuck on food degrades the ceramic more. But while all ceramic nonstick coatings have those same challenges, they're not all made alike. Ceramic is a broad family of materials, so their formulation can vary significantly, as well as the thickness of the coating, how the layers are applied, and how long the coatings cure. So given that they're not all alike, how do these new pans do? Sadly, most were still not nonstick over the long term. Remember that in our first dry egg test, we set the benchmark of 50 eggs? Of our seven pans, one of these pans released just 28 eggs, then stuck. The other six skillets passed, but when we repeated the dry egg test at the end, four more pans failed. One of those choked after just nine eggs. Others quit between 15 and 32 eggs. Now, since slickness is the only reason you buy a nonstick pan, we automatically disqualified any pan that failed the egg tests. And that left just two of the seven pans. That's a big contrast to our most recent review of traditional nonstick skillets, where all 10 pans passed both egg tests. Fortunately, we liked cooking with the two top performing ceramic pans. Both of them had wide interior cooking surfaces, nine and a half and 10 inches across, so there's plenty of room to brown beef or stir fry and sear fish fillets. We did notice that food was cooking more quickly than it might in a regular nonstick skillet, but everything we cooked turned out well, and nothing stuck to the pan's cooking surfaces. Now, one of the two had fairly steep sides that got in our way, but the walls of the other were more gently sloped, and that let us easily flip or remove food. Both had handles that were comfortable to grab, but both pans felt a little heavier than ideal. That steep-sided pan is oven safe to 400 degrees, while our preferred pan with the sloped walls is oven safe to 600 degrees. So we had some possibilities in the ceramic world, but how did the best one compare to our favorite regular nonstick skillet from OXO? We bought new copies of each, and we did five side-by-side -side cooking tests, pancakes, fried eggs, caramelized onions, more beef and broccoli stir-fry, and pan-seared salmon. We took care to use the same burner and heat level and strictly stuck to the cook times listed in the recipes. Pancakes and eggs both cook at a fairly low heat and they were hard to tell apart. But recipes that called for higher heat levels told a really clear story. The ceramic pan ran hotter. Foods cooked faster and they were a little more prone to sticking. Some of the caramelized onions came out a little too dark. Sauce in our stir fry reduced a little bit more and made dark sticky patches on the skillet surface. Salmon skin stuck. Cleanup was still pretty easy. We just had a quick soak in hot water and that was enough to loosen any bits of sauce or caramelized sugars. But the experience was clearly different than using our traditional skillet, where food never stuck to the pan and it was a breeze to clean. 
and we looked closer. Both pans are made of aluminum and they have similar weight and thickness, so we focused on the coatings. Ceramic conducts heat, which means that skillets coated with it heat up faster and stay hot. By contrast, PTFE is a type of plastic and it acts as a thermal insulator. It slows the transmission of heat to the food. So our takeaway, when you're cooking with ceramic pans, it's really important to pay attention. You might need to lower the heat or take it off the heat a little sooner than called for in a recipe. Food might stick slightly and the pan may take a little bit more effort to clean and you better be gentle when you're cleaning it. If you want to avoid PTFE, you'll have to make that trade-off of ease of use. But if you love the super slick, ultra-reliable results provided by our favorite traditional nonstick skillet, and you're careful never to heat it while it's empty or let it go over 500 degrees, you're probably going to want to keep using that. While ceramic skillets have improved dramatically since we first tested them several years ago, they still can't quite match the performance of PTFE skillets. But if you're interested in the potential safety benefits of a ceramic coating, and you're okay with making adjustments as you cook, we can recommend two good pans. Our favorite is the Green Pan Valencia Pro Hard Anodized Nonstick Fry Pan. It's shaped well with plenty of flat cooking surface, so food has room to brown evenly instead of crowding and steaming. Its gently sloped walls help keep food in, but don't interfere with a spatula or spoon. Its handle is comfortable, and the pan is oven safe up to 600 degrees. It's even broiler safe. And the pan's base contains some copper and iron, so it's induction compatible. At about half the price of our winner, the Kyocera ceramic coated 12-inch nonstick fry pan is our best buy. We're not as fond of the design with its steeper sides, and it's a little heavier, which makes it a little harder to use. But its ceramic nonstick surface stayed slick and durable. And one final note, although we're thrilled to find ceramic nonstick pans that work better than we've ever found before, we really can't fully vouch for their long-term durability. We'll be stocking them in the test kitchen and updating our findings on our website. Now, for more information on these pans and all the testing we did, check out the links below. And please ask your questions in the comment section and be sure to subscribe. Okay, so when American Test Kitchens did their tests on seven 12-inch ceramic nonstick skillets priced between $20 and $80, they had to disqualify five of the seven right away. Why? Because the nonstick capabilities of the pan degraded at a rapid pace, defeating the purpose of the skillet. Now, their preferred ceramic nonstick skillets were the Green Pan Valencia Pro Hard Anodized Nonstick Fry Pan, priced at $80, and the Kyocera uh, Ceramic Coated 12-inch Nonstick Fry Pan, priced at $65. And that one was the one that can withstand 600 degrees of oven heat. So let's see what Amazon people had to say about these two pans. On Amazon, the Green Pan Valencia is customer rated at 4.6 stars out of 5 with a 1,531 reviews submitted. 81% of the Amazon consumers rated it 5 stars, 9% 4 stars, 3% 3 stars, 2% 2 stars, and 5% 1 star. So that's not too bad. 4.6 stars with 1,531 reviews submitted. So here's a 5-star review from Scout dated July 2018. This is what uh, Scout had to say. After my husband spent a fair amount of time trying to find Teflon-free nonstick pans, I took over the search. I came across an article that mentioned these in the top five. 
There were 10 or so brands total, I think. Based on the features and company profiles, I, I narrowed it down to the brand and one other from the article. The other brand was significantly more expensive for a starter set. And I didn't want to buy a 10-12 piece cookware set for several hundred dollars before I knew how good they would be. So I went with these. I'm so glad that I did. These pans are absolutely amazing. They work better than any pan I've ever used in my life. And unlike the last ceramic pans I bought, which stated that using oil and butter would reduce the nonstick properties over time, these can be used with butter, oil, or other fat. All right, so that was for the green pan, Valencia uh, ceramic pan. Here is a one-star review from J.D. Haynes uh, in October 2020. I have owned the Valencia Pro Hard Anodized Induction Safe Ceramic Nonstick Frying Pan Set for just under three months, and the nonstick has completely deteriorated. We take good care of our pans to get the longest possible life out of them. I've had cheaper pans last significantly longer than this. Disappointed. Now, here's how the Kyocera ceramic nonstick pan did on Amazon. It was customer rated at 4.3 stars out of 5. So less than the uh, green pan Valencia and it only had 279 reviews submitted on this particular pan. So 66% of the Amazon consumers rated it 5 stars, 14% 4 stars, 7% 3 stars, 8% 2 stars, and 5% 1 star. Here's a 5-star review from Dog McGraw in November 2016. He says, I recommend this pan without reservation. I'm not the kind of person to do this gratuitously. The ceramic coated surfaces still look new even though we use them frequently, three to five times a week. This is by far the best nonstick frying pan we've had and we've been buying and trying them for 30 years without endorsing one until now. Truth is, I've enjoyed using this pan since day one, but I wanted to use it for an extended period before commenting. Absolutely simple and fast cleanup with soap and hot water. Here's a one-star review by A. Strassman in March 2016 about the Kyocera uh, ceramic pan. After about three months of use, food sticks to it even worse than a regular aluminum pan. It started out amazingly non-stick, but even though we were always careful never to use metal tools and to wash it by hand, it completely lost its non-stick coating within a few months. Now everything sticks to it. After one particular bad dinner <clears throat> where we tried to sear some tofu with plenty of oil, it all completely stuck on, and so we just threw it in the garbage, stuck on tofu and all. Don't waste your money. So there you go. That's uh, how the ceramic uh, skillets fared. Uh, so let's move on to the PTFE nonstick skillets. Now, non-traditional nonstick, actually, I don't know if they're traditional or non-traditional, but I'll refer to them as PTFE from now on. <laughs> PTFE nonstick skillets are produced in the same way as the ceramic ones, but the coating is a plastic that we heard from uh, American Test Kitchens that is called polytetrafluoroethylene, and that's PTFE. 
is this toxic? Well, it, it can be uh, under certain circumstances. If a flake breaks off and you accidentally eat it in the food you prepared, it will not hurt you. However, if the skillet is heated to 500 degrees or more, this plastic coating can emit toxic fumes into the food and air. This is why some people opt for ceramic nonstick pans, even if they are not a higher quality pan. So, to prevent this from happening, never heat this kind of pan empty. Always use oil or butter when cooking. If the oil or butter starts smoking, which is usually at about 400 degrees, this lets you know that the pan is getting too hot. The other unfortunate quality that this pan has is that the coating only lasts for about two to three years with regular coating. It lasts longer than a ceramic coating, but it doesn't last forever either. But at the same time, these skillets don't need any maintenance and seasoning like cast iron or carbon steel pans require. Uh, another fact about these skillets is that they cook slower than ceramic coated skillets. Why is this? Um, because the plastic acts as a thermal insulator and slows the transmission of heat to the food. Now, 10, 12 inch non, uh, again, I don't know if it's non-traditional or non-stick skillets, but the PTFE skillets priced between $30 and $200 were tested by American Test Kitchen. Their preferred skillet was the OXO non-stick skillet priced at $60. Uh, so, how did the OXO nonstick pan do on Amazon? Wow, this one really got a great rating 4.8 stars out of 5, with 5,767 reviews submitted. 86% of the Amazon consumers rated it 5 stars, 9% 4 stars, 2% 3 stars, 1% 2 stars, and 1% 1 star. Now, here's a five-star review from Inkblots, dated August 2019. That's, this is what they had to say about OXO nonstick skillet. I love these OXO skillets. Like everything OXO in the kitchen, they, were, they are well-designed, comfortable, and perform very well. I will remain careful enough to not subject them to a dishwasher. Why take chances? But they are a breeze to clean, as nothing has remained stuck. Food glides around on the pan while cooking, and it comes off after I am finished. My only complaint is that they don't have lids available. No problem, though, because lids for my other skillets fit fine. Here is a one-star review from Amazon. Uh, this was from Caliboy, dated September 2020. Uh, here's what he had to say. I bought this because America's Test Kitchen said that it was the best one. But after only a few uses and with no scraping of the pan with any metal utensil, the surface of the skillet looks as if it has been in service for five years. That is not acceptable. That cannot be the best skillet. There is no way. All right, so there is a procedure on how to take care of your PTFE uh, skillet, the non-stick stick skillet. So there is, you know, things that you have to look out for to make them last as long as they can. So Consumer Report magazine posted a video uh, on how to clean and care for your non-stick pans 
And this, uh, we'll go ahead and listen to this audio right now. A nonstick pan is a go-to for everything from eggs and grilled cheese to fragile fish and veggies. But when the nonstick coating is scraped or scratched, the pan will lose its nonstick properties, which means your food will stick and the pan will be harder to clean. Here are CR experts' care and cleaning tips to make your nonstick pans last. Never use metal utensils. They can scratch the surface. Swap for wood, silicone, or plastic instead. Skip nonstick aerosol cooking sprays. They can actually adhere to the nonstick surface, building up and causing food to stick. Use butter, vegetable oil, or olive oil instead. To protect the surface, don't stack anything inside your pans. If you must stack to save space, use a small towel or pot holder for protection. Never submerge a hot nonstick pan in cold water. They can warp, and a warped pan won't sit on the burner properly and won't heat up evenly. CR testers use abrasive steel wool to test the resiliency of nonstick surfaces, but that's something you should never do. Always use non-abrasives, like a plain old sponge, soap and water to clean your pan. And if there's buildup on the surface of your pan, don't toss it. You can degunk it by rubbing in a paste of baking soda and water, scrubbing with a non-abrasive sponge, then washing it off. For our cookware ratings and reviews, go to cr.org cookware. So to recap, <laughs> never use metallic utensils on PTFE nonstick skillets. Opt for wood, silicone, or plastic. Don't use nonstick cooking sprays. They adhere to the pan surface, causing a buildup that makes the food stick to the pan, defeating the purpose. I never knew this. I probably have used uh, nonstick uh, cooking sprays on the pans and didn't wonder why, uh, you know, the, the food started sticking. So that's a good thing to know. Uh, always use butter, olive oil, or vegetable oil instead of nonstick cooking sprays. If you have to stack pans because of lack of space, put pot holders or towels in between the pans. Do not pour cold water into a hot pan. This will warp the pan, causing uneven cooking when placed on the burner. That's another thing I probably didn't, it wasn't conscious about when I, you know, washed or rinsed a dish out that I didn't wait until um, it cooled down before I poured any water into it. I probably should have. Uh, use abrasive cleaning tools like a regular sponge and avoid stainless steel scouring pads. If there is a buildup in the pan that couldn't be or washed away with a sponge, mix baking soda and water and using a sponge wipe the inside of the pan with the mixture and rinse. So those are some tips to take care of your PTFE non-stick skillets. All right, let's move on to woks. All right, so even though skillets have a broader cooking area than woks, skillets being 10 inch or 12 inch and uh, woks being about seven inches, it may be difficult to get the wok hot enough to stir fry on a glass top electric stove or an induction stove. I didn't know that. So, 
So we have to be conscious about what kind of a stove we have in order to use that wok. But if you can get the wok hot enough, it has multiple heating zones using the sides and bottoms. Uh, if you're just using a skillet, you just have one heating zone, the bottom. And so when you're stir frying a lot of food, you have to constantly keep stirring. Whereas in that wok, you know, you have all these different areas that's heating the food. Now, another interesting fact about woks is that the nonstick capabilities get better with regular cooking rather than lessons. As we've learned with the ceramic and the PTFE skillet, uh, the more you use it, the less those properties um, are stick stick in there. So, uh, so in this with woks, you have um, you have to regularly cook in them to make them more nonstick. So that was an interesting fact that I found when I was going through this research. Now, of course, capacity is the best with a wok over a skillet because while stirring, food is not being stirred out of the pan and onto the stovetop. So if you're shopping for a wok, here's qualities that are best to look for. Make sure the wok has a flat bottom to accommodate the burner on the stove. If you get a round bottom with a ring, it will not sit close enough to the burner to get good heat. A preferable size has a 14 inch diameter across the rim. And the best materials for a wok are lightweight carbon steel or lightweight cast iron. If you're also getting a cover for the wok, keep in mind that the cover does not sit on top of the rim. A proper cover for a 14 inch rim diameter wok would be 12 inches so it could sit slightly inside the wok. So there you go. There's those qualities to look for in the best wok to uh, have for your kitchen. So American Test Kitchens has had posted a video called Woks versus Skillets. Do you need both? Um, this was posted by Gearheads on America's Test Kitchen. So why don't we take a listen to what they have to say about woks versus skillets. I feel like I can't incorporate things. Ah! Oh no! Okay. Man overboard. For years we've tweaked conventional stir-fry recipes to achieve delicious results in a nonstick skillet instead of a wok, the traditional cooking vessel. Since American stove burners are typically flat, we aim to get more contact with the burner by using the broader cooking surface of a 12-inch skillet instead of the smaller cooking surface of a wok. But recently we took another look at woks and we put them through our rigorous review process. We had some interesting findings and I personally bought our winning wok even before I was finished testing. Lisa and I are going to cook the same Cook's Country beef and broccoli stir fry in a wok and a skillet so you can see if the wok life is right for you or if you'd be better off with a regular old skillet. First off, Hannah's going to show us the skillet. All right, so the oil is in the pan, but before I even turn this pan on, I want to talk a little bit about cooking safely in nonstick. Traditional nonstick skillets like this one, they basically have a coating of plastic across the top of it. And if they're heated too hot, the plastic can start to break down and it can release dangerous fumes. One way to make sure you're not cooking in too high of a heat is to use oil in the pan, never heat it empty. Smoking point of vegetable oil is roughly 400 degrees and these pans can start off-gassing at 500 degrees. So if you see your oil smoking, you know the pan is getting too hot. And that is a big difference between a nonstick skillet and a wok. 
they can get super, super hot and they're still safe. They're not gonna off gas. That's definitely a pro for woks. You have to be a little more cautious here and you do not wanna get these nonstick skillets quite as hot. We tested 10 12 inch nonstick skillets priced from about $30 all the way up to $200. We rated them on nonstick ability, capacity, ease of use, and durability. This is our winner by OXO, which is actually on the lower end of the price range for this testing. All right, so let's get going here. We are gonna put the burner on to medium. Once it is heated up, we're gonna put the beef in and brown it a little bit. Two minutes on each side. All right, so my oil is smoking here. I'm gonna add my beef. Spread it out nice and thin. One reason this pan won our testing, we looked at all different things and one of them was capacity. This has such a nice broad surface area so you can brown more efficiently. Things aren't crowded, they're not steaming, you're not getting like gray beef. Also had a really nice shape. You can get in there, scoop around, you can toss. We also looked at durability. We do this egg test where we cook 50 eggs with no fat when the pan's brand new, one after another to check how it releases. This is a major industry test. Then at the end of testing, we cook another 50 eggs right in a row to see how the pan releases at the end of testing. And this pan was super durable, which is great. But I will say, non-stick skillets are not infallible. This is, like I said, a plastic coating on here. It's gonna wear off. I think the Cookware Association estimates like two to three years is the lifespan of a non-stick pan if you're using it regularly. So you do have to be careful with these. I grabbed these tongs that are coated um, in silicone so I didn't scratch up the surface with a metal spatula, for example. Honestly, I kind of hate that. I don't like being careful when I'm cooking. So for me, that's definitely a downside to nonstick. I don't want to have to baby my pans. I want to be able to bang things around. So the skillet here has a much broader cooking surface than the wok does. This is just under 10 inches compared to the wok, seven inches. So if you have a less powerful stove, if you're working on a glass top electric stove or an induction stove, it's gonna be really hard to get the wok hot enough to stir fry successfully. So we do recommend sticking with a nonstick skillet if you've got a less powerful stove. All right, so our beef is all browned. Now I'm gonna add this delicious smelling scallion, ginger, garlic, oyster sauce mixture. Stir this around. So this pan, it's nice to maneuver in when compared to other nonstick skillets. It was definitely the best of the bunch on that front. That said, I am still being pretty careful here. You know, I'm carefully stirring around because I really don't want to lose any of this beef over the side. All right, I'm gonna add my broccoli in here. Now I really have to be cautious and I need to make sure. See, I'm getting a little close to the edge there. It's a little nerve wracking. I feel like I can't incorporate things. Oh no, okay, man overboard. I can't incorporate things as quickly and efficiently as I want to because I really am being careful because of these lower sides. So definitely a pro for the walk there. This nonstick surface, it is plastic. It is, the fond is sticking to the food and not to the pan. One factor to consider with a nonstick skillet is that you don't have to worry about upkeep and maintenance like you do with carbon steel with cast iron. Um, the nonstick pans, you don't have to oil them after use. Uh, so there is definitely a pro there. They are no maintenance, easier to use on that front. All right, so we've got a cover on here for three minutes. We're gonna wait till the broccoli uh, gets nice and crisp tender. Throughout these 
few minutes, you want to do a little shaky shaky to make sure things are evenly distributed. This handle, you know, it's super comfortable. Um, it's nice and ergonomic. It has good affordance, which means, you know, it doesn't force your hand into a certain uh, formation with weird bumps or anything. It's nice, a lot of grip options. It's gently brushed steel, so it's not slippery. Uh, great handle, that's for sure. This OXO pan was also the lightest that we tested as far as nonstick skillets, um, which can be a huge plus. You know, you can pick it up, it's easier to clean. Carbon steel walks, carbon steel in general, cast iron in general, they're definitely gonna be heavier. It's all done now. Take it off. We're gonna stir in our scallions here. The green part of the scallions, we used the white part earlier. Stir this in. And now this is ready to serve. All right, so I have some of the stir fry here. I'm gonna try it out. Mmm. So good. This is absolutely delicious. You know, but the question is, how does this compare to the stir fry in a wok? Let's go to Lisa with our winning wok. So I'm here to talk about woks. You know, these are really wonderful cooking vessels that we hadn't really used in the test kitchen. We were focused on letting people use a pan that they may already have for other purposes, like a nonstick skillet. But we always question our assumptions and we wanted to look into woks a little bit more. You know, one of the really interesting things about woks, you know, they have this bowl shape and traditional woks are completely round at the bottom. This is a flat bottom wok. It has a flat surface on the bottom. Traditionally, what they did in China, they had these ovens that were built with a hole in them and the wok dropped into the hole and you built the fire underneath and that bowl shape allows you to put ingredients in and, and move them around and cook on the sides as well as the bottom. The cooking goes very, very quickly. That's one of the things about it. It's very hot, it's intense, it sears the exterior and gives it lovely flavor. Um, a really well-seasoned, older wok. People say that it gives it the breath of the wok, the flavor of the wok, and that's really treasured if you eat a fresh hot stir fry it has this extra flavor because that high heat and the oil and the searing is so delicious so i was pretty excited about this and i really wanted to learn more i went and asked people who are experts in wok cooking including grace young who's won james beard award and iacp awards for her writing and for her cooking her family's wok is actually going to be put in the smithsonian as an artifact of chinese american culinary history, which is incredible. I also spoke with Tane Chan, who's the owner of the wok shop in San Francisco's Chinatown. This is a real institution. She is a font of all knowledge. And both of them told me a few things to look for, because when you go wok shopping, they're at every possible price, all kinds of materials and shapes, and they all say they have different advantages. Both of them were really adamant. They said the only materials you want to look at is carbon steel, and lightweight cast iron. Those are the most authentic materials for a wok. They said look at 14 inches woks, which are 14 inches across the diameter of the rim. Anything smaller is just gonna pile up and steam your food. They make bigger ones, but those are for restaurant kitchens. They also said get a flat bottom wok. You don't really want one that's round bottom for a typical American stove. And then you don't need a wok ring, which also, you've seen those rings that the wok sits on. It holds it up off the heat and it doesn't really let the heat come up in the right way. So they said if you get a flat bottom wok, 
you're good to go. I chose nine walks. They're all priced between about $33 and $55. You can spend hundreds of dollars, but they said don't. Lightweight cast iron ones, they held on to heat a little too long, took a little longer to heat up in the first place. Unanimously, people preferred the really lightweight carbon steel. One of the things that you have to know though about carbon steel is that you have to season it. It's just like a carbon steel skillet. The metal is raw and unfinished for the most part, and if it's exposed to water or air, it will rust. So it's sent in a coating of a thick grease or wax that you need to scrub off first. Do your best, doesn't have to be perfect, it will come off in time. And then you're gonna cook in it some food just to start the process of seasoning it. This one, our winner, is by Taylor and Eng, and it's, it's pre-treated in the factory with a high heat process that actually turns it this gorgeous blue-gray color. The pre-treatment gives it a little bit of a leg up on seasoning. It's eventually going to turn completely black inside. I've had mine for several months and this is a process. It's going to turn a little blotchy and brown and might get a little better and worse. It might stick in the beginning, but as you keep using it, it eventually becomes beautiful, black, non-stick. It's great. The process is pretty simple. You're just gonna take some oil, salt, and potato peels and stir them around on medium-high heat. Move it around the pan, get that oil to splatter, get the, the salt kind of scrubs off the rest of that um, shipping grease. The oil starts to sort of settle in and polymerize. The peels are there to give you something to look at and to gauge how, you know, when they're really dark brown and almost burned, Take the whole thing off, throw all that stuff away, rinse it with water, pat it dry, and you're good to go. You can start cooking. It doesn't mean you're completely done with seasoning. That's going to happen over time. This is just a process. Just keep cooking. It's going to get more and more nonstick. It's going to be easier and easier to use. And you, as, as Grace puts it, you kind of bond with your wok and you know, if you develop this relationship where you're, you're taking care of it, it's taking care of you. Yeah, I had different testers who have different experience with walks and heights and strengths and skills. We all got to handle the walks and give lots of feedback. Um, and everyone really loved this one because it's lightweight, because you don't need a pot holder most of the time because it's got a wooden handle, because it's just very easy to handle and to see what you're doing. And it became a little bit more nonstick, a little faster than some of the other ones. I'm cooking on a little standalone gas burner here just because my stove is up against the wall and it's kind of hard to see what's going on. So I'm gonna turn this on and it happens very quickly. It gets very hot. Uh, this is a really thin carbon steel. Carbon steel is great at transmitting heat. It's very efficient. It cools down fairly quickly too, which is nice. Grace taught me a trick that you can, if your wok is dry, you can flick a little bit of water in there and you can see exactly where the heat is. Um, I can see that the sides of my wok are not quite as hot yet, but the bottom is good and hot. Don't just pour the oil in the bottom, run it down the sides around the wok. And that just lets it heat up and cover the whole wok, which is really nice. It's already smoking as you can see. So this is hot. I'm just moving the oil around to get it on the sides. Turning down my heat a teensy bit, cause my goodness. And now I'm adding that beef. I'm spreading the beef out so that it really gets lots of contact with the bottom and sides of the wok. Wish you could smell it. it smells so good. 
I have a mixture of scallions and ginger and garlic. And add this in. These are our aromatics. We don't want to put those in first because they'll just burn. You really want to get the beef cooking. Chicken broth, soy sauce, more oyster sauce. That's going in. And now all my broccoli. And stir that in. And then I'm going to cover it and use that natural moisture to steam my broccoli. Now the thing you need to know about getting a cover for your wok, they don't fit on top of the pan, pan rim to rim like on western style pans. It's about two inches in diameter smaller than the wok. So this is a 12 inch lid in a 14 inch wok. And that lid is really handy, especially if you want to make popcorn or to steam any kind of vegetables in the process of cooking. So the broccoli's been steaming in there with the beef and all those flavors are coming together under this domed lid. Oh my goodness, that is so beautiful. I'm gonna give it a good stir. In a 12 inch skillet, I do have to worry that this is too much food and that it's gonna fall out, but I've got plenty of space here. I've got a couple inches of extra walls and uh, I can toss this stuff around and move it as I need to, to get the nice browning and um, distribute that sauce and that flavor. So I love the fact that this is a surface that's gonna keep getting better with time rather than degrading the way nonstick would. Um, this is done, look at this. And here I am, a weakling, able to lift it with a single hand. <laughs> Let me take a little bit and see how it is. Looks amazing. I'm gonna run off with this bowl of food because it's super good. It's just flavorful. It's, the meat is beautifully seasoned. It's moist. It's a little crispy around the edges, but nice in the middle. Uh, the broccoli is perfectly crisp, tender, bright green, kept that color. And it's, it's a wonderful, easy dish to put together in a few minutes. This is just a great pan. It's relatively inexpensive and um, it's gonna be something I can hand down to my kids. So as we learned, you know, woks have some distinct advantages in the sense that they are a big sort of shell-shaped vessel that you can put a lot of food in at once and move it around and it gets lots of heat contact. You have the sides as well as the bottom which offer different heat zones. Um, woks are great and we, we found one that we really love. If you have a gas stove or a coil electric stove that provides plenty of heat output, a wok can be terrific. All right, so if you can tell, Lisa completely fell in love with woks during her testing, and I think um, we all did a little bit. Nonstick skillets, they have some pros too. Um, they're lighter, they're no maintenance, there is a broader cooking surface there. And if you have a glass top electric stove or an induction stove, the wok's not gonna work that well on them. So a nonstick skillet is probably a better choice there, but you really can't go wrong with either of these pans and we truly loved the woks. For more information on all the equipment we just talked about, check out americastestkitchen.com and for the winning products, see the links below. Leave us your wok and skillet questions in the comments and make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. All right, so American Test Kitchen.
tested nine walks at a price range of $33 to $55. The preferred walk was a nonstick 14-inch carbon steel walk by Taylor and Eng, priced at $49. Now, I couldn't find a Taylor and Eng walk on Amazon, but I did find a Kenmore Hammond flat bottom 14-inch black carbon steel walk that was similar to the one American Test Kitchen was using in their video, and that was priced at $28. On Amazon, the Kenmore Hammond, Hammond walk is customer rated at 4.5 stars out of 5 with 1,753 reviews submitted. 77% of the Amazon consumers rated it 5 stars, 11% 4 stars, 4% 3 stars, 2% 2 stars, and 7% 1 star. Now here's what a 5 star review submitted by... Oh, I did not get the name of that. Anyways... <laughs> That's, uh, this is uh, what they had to say, whoever that was, and I don't even know what the date was. I'll have to go back and find that. <laughs> um, they said, love this. It's not super thick, but it heats quickly and evenly, which is very important for cooking stir-fry. The nonstick properties are excellent. The wooden handles look great and don't get hot, and it's a great size. I would buy again and highly recommend this product. Now, here's a one-star review submitted by Ex Exeter M in June 2020. Uh, here's what they had to say about it. When it was good, it was good. Heats up fast and mostly even heating. Oh, mostly even heating. <laughs> the nonstick coating isn't the best, so cleaning might require a thorough scrubbing. Uh but my reason for one star is that the bottom coating started to scrub off. Only plastic and wooden utensils used scrubbed only with non-metallic abrasive sponges and brushes. So I don't know what the issue was about that. Um, you know, you, it's hard to say if people are really using it correctly or not, but According to American Test Kitchen, it's supposed to get better. So in the beginning, it may not be uh, the best nonstick situation until you season it. Now, they didn't say if they did season it or not before they tried to use it, right? And um, so uh, I don't know what they say in nonstick coating. I didn't think uh, the wok had a nonstick coating. Um I think you have to clean off the grease or whatever when you first get it, but then you season it by cooking it, and the more you cook in it, it's supposed to get better and better. So I don't think they were using their wok uh, well when they were writing this review, and that might have been their problem that, uh, you know, that sometimes that happens. you got to follow the directions to get the best use out of it. And so to me... Uh, the conclusion of all this, I mean, I wanted to run out and get a block after I, I heard all of this information, you know. Um, so hopefully this comprehensive guide to skillets and walks has helped you with your stir-fry cooking decisions. Um, you know, I didn't think there was a single pan that checks all the boxes, but for stir-frying, the wok comes pretty close. And, um, you know... I guess that you would know that all along, but I didn't realize all the 
uh, properties that a wok helps out with, especially when you are frying beef and ground beef and you get the gray ground beef. I don't like that. And so, and, but it's a skillet. If you put it in a too small of a skillet, that's what happens. But in a wok, everything would turn out like brown and have that nice sear on it. I wonder if it'd be good for searing roasts because it would probably get all the sides of the roast, right, when you're searing it. So that's, uh, that is a pretty curious thing that maybe when I get a wok, I will try and see what happens with that. All right, so this is the end of our show. And like I said, I hope with this comprehensive guide to skillets and walks, it has helped you make a decision about what to put in your kitchen. All right, so if you have any comments or questions about anything that you heard on the show today, or if you have pans that you would like to say that you enjoy whether they're ceramic or the PTFE pans or a wok, you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at Consumer Review Report and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. Also, if you have any ideas of any products or services you would like to hear about on the show, you can email me at consumerreviewreport at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook at consumerreviewreport and on Twitter at CRR in McKeesport. So this is the Consumer Review Report on WMCK.FM, a service of Tube City Online, Tube City Community Media, Inc. Heard Sunday at 4 p.m., Tuesday at 6 p.m., and Thursday at 9 a.m. Now, if you can't hear our regularly scheduled shows at Sunday at 4 p.m., Tuesday at 6 p.m., and Thursday at 9 a.m., podcasts of these shows are available on wmck.fm slash crr, iTunes, Google, iHeart, Spotify, and Spreaker. Um, so... There you go. There's no excuses why you can't listen to this show. It's readily available to everybody to uh, learn a little bit about products and services. All right. So I'm Diane Rebecca wishing everyone a safe and good week.